On this episode, we talk about a movie that asks you to consider if you stayed in an old mansion and encountered an evil Phil Collins who fed on your every fear, would that send ripples down your spine as you scream for mama? Or would you walk away from the invisible touch as you proclaim, Jesus, he knows me? Music! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Did you see that spirit? And Erica? I think something's off here. <laughs> uh, and if it feels spooky, that's because we're going to be talking about a haunted house movie with the evil spirits aptly named The Evil. Nobody ever suspected what ancient terror slept beneath the Vargas house. Stories get started about any old house that's been vacant for a while. What kind of stories? Oh, just the stories. Just old wives' tales. Look out! Terror that turns laughter into screams. And loving pets into killers. For the house belongs to the evil. By the time you run, there is no escape. When you think you're free, you might be dead. By the time you learn the truth... You can't do this! It may be too late. shit that was scarier than the entire movie <laughs> that trailer makes it seem like you were about to watch 90 minutes of pure horror uh and you know uh props to the guy who played the real estate agent for getting such a huge chunk of the trailer there you know good for him right <laughs> who basically sold the house by being like what's back there by just more rooms i mean you want this place or not it was like the worst walkthrough i've ever seen in my life and constantly uh, jumping in with uh, you know, and then there were these other stories of these other people that died here. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's stories. Oh, yeah, this closet, a guy hung himself. Do you guys want to go out and see the veranda? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Don't worry about all these bars in the windows. It's to keep the people yeah. in oh, and the to spirits out. Oh, it's to keep all the out. evil uh, people and the people that died here, you know, yeah. because they weren't allowed to leave. We're talking about 1978's The Evil. 
directed by Gus Triconis. Uh, little uh, fun fact: uh, he was um, he was uh, the first husband of Goldie Hawn, and they had uh, what? Yeah, wow! Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, I'm he surprised was. he didn't take her name. <laughs> Gus Hawn. He, wanted, he had to hold on <laughs> to that tricone. He had to hold on to that triconus, right? You know, yeah, when you got that name, yeah. you can't let Imagine go. Imagine if she had taken his Goldie Triconus. That really <laughs> rolls off the tongue too, doesn't it? Yeah. Gus and Goldie. Um, they uh, yeah, and they have the same birthday. Funny what? enough. What? Yeah. Oh wait a minute. Is this, this seems like an incredible match, but it just did not <laughs> did not last the test of time. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is about maybe his fourth movie. He co-wrote the script um, with. I want to write. I wanna, I'm going to mess up. Goldie Hawn. I've got a lot of oh, people's names God. in my head. Go. Just like Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn and best friends. It was the same thing. They got locked yeah. in a room. Out came the evil. Yeah. Um, he he's it's co-written by Galen Thompson, but that's not his real name. Um, of course that not. Is, that is his his that, real name is Goldie Hawn. He is in oh. this movie <laughs> as he's in the credits as Galen Thompson because he also plays a role in it. But he's actually what role? Donald G. Thompson. He plays he plays the uh, the spirit. The spirit that comes to warn them. Because. Oh, the spirit. (laughs) Because he, um, uh, the the spirit Emilio Vargas. And we are uh, on, we're recording this, of course, in our own homes, but we are on Zoom. So we are uh, making the motion at the end of the movie that Emilio Vargas makes, which we will get to. But uh, he was going to be there. Let's start from the end and go backwards. (laughs) Go back, go backwards. Thanks for joining us, folks. Good night. That's how the movie ends. Um, so before we jump into the movie, well, um, I was going to say the reason why he ended up playing the spirit was because he wanted uh, Gus Triconis wanted uh, Donald Thompson there the entire time. Uh, and the producers were like, we're not going to just have this guy pay this guy just to sit around and do nothing. So they made him one. Of, that guy worked his a- ass off for this movie. He, he really wrote it. He was the world's flimsiest spirit. I mean, yeah, he really, really he was probably hard. like on the set every day making crafty, like getting people he, ready, steaming costumes. They're like, we're not just going to pay this guy to co-write this movie. No, 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 no. Everybody he, on this movie is a multitasker. And he is just uh, gushing when it comes to the director's commentary that I watched on this. But before we jump into all of that, um, let's talk about what this movie is about. Mark, what's this movie about? Uh, basically, don't go cheap. Hire a qualified restoration contractor. <laughs> yes. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. You think that yeah. just because yeah. you're a doctor doesn't mean all your friends know how to do a restoration on a uh, 20,000 square foot uh, palace in the New Mexico mountains. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there you go. Erica, what's yeah. this movie about? Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Mark. Uh, I thought this movie was 100% about um, don't don't disqualify hiring a licensed electrician when you buy a new home. Licensed electricians are extremely important. Also, don't ignore your dogs. When your dog walks away, is howling for your attention, immediately find it and pay attention to it. Or guess what? It's not going to go well for you later. Okay? Take care of your dog. Train your dog. Get a licensed electrician. That's what this movie's about. Boom. Well, you know what? I think all that is true. But 
I think ultimately what this movie is about is a parable about if you find a secret door in your basement that is covered in dust and has a stoneworked cross uh, keeping it from opening, don't take the cross out and open it up. That is something that we have done far too much. Mm. And it happens way too often. Mm. Uh, it's time for us to stop doing that. That's what this movie is saying. Stop the madness. Mm. I agree with you, but I'm going to say it's more troubling that they gave up on looking for that dog almost immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> now, and then when now, they found him, they're like, oh, he looks mad. Let's leave him alone. <laughs> so not only is the dog the first to recognize the spirit or one of the first uh, you know the 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 main lead uh what's her name she sees it at first during the walkthrough Joanna the dog it. but what's her character's name Dr Car- Car- is it Caroline Dr Caroline uh Dr Dome. Caroline Arnold there we go okay. they are the Arnolds he is CJ okay. Arnold so Richard course- Frenna is the is the is the husband so of course the dog recognizes the spirits, Kaiser, which, which is, Kaiser, which is who also I, uh, co-wrote the film and uh, provided transportation for all of the actors to get on set. He didn't just—he wasn't just the dog. He also, you know, co-wrote a few scenes. Emilio and, Vargas is the spirit's name. He was also <laughs> the fitness sure. trainer. That's yeah. where so, Kaiser came in. Kaiser's but, the dog's name. Oh, Kaiser's the dog. Yes. So, of course, this was another. Uh, this is one of the many uh, times in this movie that uh, a, pl- a theme or a plot point was stolen by the Poltergeist franchise because, mm. you know, there the dog sees what's going on. Uh, but the dog disappears in the house. It's not like the dog ran out into the New Mexico mountains and they put in an hour or two of searching. The sun was going down and they're like, oh, man, let's resume in the morning. The dog walked away in the house and they spend five minutes looking for this dog and then decide, no, no, no. I I think, uh, I think we're good. I think we've done all we can. At one point they say, well, if the dog is hiding, we'll find him eventually. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, he's howling in pain, like howling in agony. Like, you know, as a pet owner, if my dog is making the noise that Kaiser made in this film, film, I would in, I would rush to its aid because it sounded so painful. But, but let's back up just a little bit. Can I here. put in a quick I, note I, that I, that dog was skipped for an Oscar? I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. I think it performance in my opinion. I think it did get a doggy in the, the dog Oscar. Thank God. Um, a dog I, I, I wanted to throw in there though that if I were to redo this movie today <gasps> and keep this keep the plot as is, let's do it. The only way this is going to work is if you bring something different. Like I say, okay. instead of a dog, you bring an iguana. That Ooh, can disappear. Wow. Everyone will be like, it's fine. We don't have to look for the iguana. It's probably just under the fridge anyway. Right. There, that <laughs> makes sense. Right. That is good, too, because you want to update it with an animal that more people have now in present times. Yeah. <laughs> and an animal that people get emotionally attached to, such as an iguana. So let, let's... Plus, let's- an iguana can, um, iguanas can emote. Really well on film. They're really good. <laughs> I know. I saw Rango. <laughs> um, let's let's back up a little bit and jump into what the plot is. Now, 
Richard Crenna and Joanna Pettit play the Arnolds, and they're a couple looking at this home. We start right at this uh, giant house. It was, I believe, formerly uh, a hotel. It was uh, actually the Montezuma Castle. Uh, it was built by the Topeka and Santa Fe Railroad Company in 1886. Yeah. Uh, oh. Because there were hot springs in the area and it was right on the property. So uh, they built around those hot springs uh, to bring people in. Um, the hot springs were said to ease the suffering of chronic rheumatoidism, gout, uh, biliary, and renal calculi, which is what we would know today as kidney stones. Oh, um, yikes. That sounded way worse. It operated as a hotel until 1903. Uh, then it was owned by the YMCA. It was owned by the Baptist Church from 1922 to 1931. Then they sold it to the Catholics in 1937. The Catholic Church is what who rented this for the production company of The Evil. Uh, and now it is a United World College. Fun fact, it's a historical landmark. It was in terrible condition. Uh, the federal government partnered with United World College to spend $10 million to restore it. And it was the first property west of the Mississippi designated as one of America's treasures. Wow. That is break. That is <laughs> crunching the hotel them. numbers. Um, none of this, of course, is in the movie. When the movie is just as. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, none of this fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> And it is it is an old hotel. You're right. I, I knew that it was built by the ho- by by the railroad, uh, and it uh, it was empty, so it served their purposes. And it's in uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico. Uh, not quite as bustling a metropolis as Wee-hoo, the one in Nevada. Las but... Vegas, a Las Vegas seems to be a little bit different. Weehoo, Las Vegas, New Mexico. What happens in Las Vegas, New Mexico, is celebrated and shared openly. <laughs> um, <laughs> brought to you by the Ag Council for Las Vegas, New Mexico. <laughs> Get rid of your kidney stones here in Las Vegas, New Mexico, <laughs> in our luscious hot springs. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- this couple is looking at this house. For reasons we don't get to know during the entire tour of the grounds. They did not mention it on the car ride, too. They don't mention it during the tour. All we hear is these terrible stories about what happened there. And then, as Mark mentioned, then Joanna sees the spirit. She doesn't see. She doesn't know what it is. She does... One of the most obvious double takes I've ever seen in my entire What? <laughs> right. It's one of those, except you're going, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> like, it's that kind of double take. In the you... remake, we'll add that sound effect. <laughs> so we don't get to know what happens. Do you know why they want this building, Erica? Yeah. For what? Because doctors need a second home because they're doctors. She's a doctor. She needs a place where she can go and relax and unwind. You know? At one point when everybody's, when all of the Arnold's friends and I guess colleagues and patients show up to help out, which is totally treated like when people showed up on Friday 13th and everyone's got this kind of, here's the goofy one and here's the the troubled one. But anyway... Uh, when they all show up, at one point, one of them asks, 
why do you need such a big place for a rehab facility? There you go. Marty says, he says, Oh, somebody looked in the movie while they watched it. (laughs) Ooh la la. But his, his response is because the price was right. Yes. Yeah. See what I mean? Just a doctor, just snatching (laughs) up properties. Another question I want to say just from, I literally had to watch this scene with the real estate agent about five or six times because there's so many terrible stories uh, that happen. I want to make sure that I heard them. But but besides being told if you were looking for any place, uh, a home or a place to set up a rehab center uh, and you get told a lot of horrible stories, I would think one of your instincts would be like, maybe not this place. But besides that, what if you went through to look at any place that you were looking at, any property you're looking to purchase, and while you were chatting, suddenly about seven or eight boards from the ceiling fall and hit you on the head and cover you in dust? I would be like, well, this place isn't structurally sound because that just fell out of nowhere. So not this place, obviously, right? Uh, but he brushes that off because it mu- they must have sold it for like $5,000. Like he, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a load-bearing beam. So I would look at that and say, you know, this is this is wear and tear. you got to yeah. fix it. He wanted to you put know? in a skylight anyway, but and he they just are wanted to n- do it through the floor. But that is <laughs> – I want the skylight to go through the second floor, up through the third floor, and then yeah. eventually into the roof. Yeah. Um, so because we get that natural thought, sunlight here on the first floor. Yep. Uh, he, I, thought the, he thought the repair guy from the very beginning of the movie could easily patch that up. Just, uh, you know, you just, you put in a couple boards, you you putty it up a little bit, you're fine. Incidentally, uh, that is, again, going back to why I think this movie is about getting a licensed contractor. That guy shows up at the beginning of the movie. This is a massive castle, right? Right. He right. shows up with a... This is the opening scene you're talking about. Right. With a dust broom yep. and a bucket. Yeah. What yeah. is he thinking he's going to accomplish with a dust broom and a bucket in this uh-huh. massive place? Also... Yeah. He does the nip on the old pocket whiskey bottle yes. tape right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Let I me know. ask you a question about that. Sure. If you are carrying a whiskey bottle in your pocket, presumably you've tasted whiskey. Why do so many movies do when you take the sip that like wince of like, oh, God, that stuff? Shouldn't you be over that by now? You carry it in your pocket. No, no, you that's probably... like his first sip of the day. You know what I mean? Like you always Is have a little no? like, mm. Because he also then carried around a flashlight that he did not turn on. For a while. He eventually does. But to, <laughs> Mark, to Mark's point, it, if it isn't So he his, walked in drunk. If it's not his first sip, then to Mark's point, like, get over it, dude. I mean, yeah. it, you know, either switch uh, uh, switch alcohol, uh, you know, uh, switch alcohol, switch alcohol to something else, I say. <laughs> Are you? Is that a computer program that you're writing right now? <laughs> right. You should I'm, work on my electrical. I'm, I'm mostly a robot, so that's why I talk like that. Um, the other thing that this movie that he does that a lot of movies do is when they do the the pull on the whiskey bottle, it's like a little nip. And every time I think, if you're really needing that whiskey, you need more than what you just pulled. You just yeah. pulled in a sip. Right. A sip yeah. isn't going to do nothing. Yeah. Right. You got to. You got to. You you need to sit down, enjoy it for a bit. Then go and continue what you're doing. But he's also the he's the guy that is like the handyman or what whatever for the guy for that place. But he comes in with like like you said with one tiny broom and uh, one bucket. And I'm like, 
are, you're just in there to clean the place? Are you supposed to be in there to clean the place? Like, I, I don't know what he's even attempting to do. But anyway, that's... That is his secret lair where he talks to himself. And the randomly. only reason why we have this much to say about this scene and this much to think about this scene is that it is one of the longest opening scenes in any movie ever. I thought the whole movie was just going to be this This scene. guy, The guy. About this guy just looking or searching this entire gigantic castle and then maybe at the 90th minute finding a ghost. I <laughs> I watched a director's commentary or the director's commentary for this movie uh, on the Shout Factory disc and uh, the guy working for Shout Factory is trying to really engage them all in a conversation. And he says, do you remember anything, anything about this guy? And he, the director says, I remember uh, the guy uh, uh, immediately called his agent because the lamp in his hotel room wasn't working. <laughs> That's what they remember about the actor who plays. <laughs> that, that is their story. I'm like, wow, that is, uh, wow, you guys really bonded. <laughs> during Milton Seltzer, by the way, is the guy's Milton name. Milton Seltzer played likes the caretaker. to have his hotel rooms lit to perfection. <laughs> We've all got our fetishes. We all you have know? Uh, we all have got- good lighting in my hotel room or I will not act. I shan't act in he, your picture. He is in tape heads, uh, this, this particular actor, and he was in Sid and Nancy. Ooh. So, how about that? I'm not seeing any. Who was he in stuff. Sid and Nancy, the groundskeeper? He, he, he was he was grandpa. In tapeheads, he was the janitor. He plays, he plays <laughs> he one role. A career playing janitors. <laughs> That's the legacy of Milton Seltzer. Get him a decent lamp, Milton the Lamp Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So let's, so they, they do eventually say we're, they, they have a whole crowd with them. Are we only on that scene? Oof. Yeah, that's. My God, I gonna, feel like I'm trapped in. in this castle right now. There is no getting out of this lengthy, lengthy. <laughs> now, Richard Crenna had not obviously done uh, the Rambo movies yet. First Blood ha- had yet to be made. So. He had just done a Charles Bronson movie, though, before this. Yes, he had. Um, it's a Western called Breakheart Pass. Yeah, yep. And Joanna Pennant was coming off a bunch of TV appearances. She had also been in a 1974 horror film called Welcome to Arrow Beach. I loved her. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry, Jamie Lee. I loved her. Love Joanna. Joanna Pennant. This God. is one of her like biggest roles, Ugh. I think. Loved her. Um, uh, oh, then we round out the rest of the cast. Uh, Andrew Prine, uh, he did, he's done like a whole lot of Westerns, but I know I remembered him from Grizzly. Um, cause who doesn't, who doesn't remember him from that? Now he, he, do you know, <laughs> did you know he was supposed to play, uh, Krenna's student? No, not at all. <laughs> no, when we first see him, he's teaching a class. Yeah, he's actually supposed he's to got his doctorate, and he's like, "Fuck all y'all, I'm out of here." Is right? What he said. Fuck all y'all, I'm out of here. And also, I'm fucking a student, and also, oh. I'm Krenna's student. Like this guy, the layers. Yeah, now the he, layers. He was supposed to play Krenna's student, but he was actually he's actually only six years younger than Richard Krenna, so that doesn't <laughs> really work. I feel like they spent a lot of his time trying to convince the audience that Richard Krenna was. Older and more overweight than he actually is. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, 
Not the, to jump ahead, but to jump ahead when when he's talking to Pete Paul. What's his name? Pete Paul. <laughs> Pete Paul. Pete. Pete Paul. You're convinced it's Pete either Paul. Pete. Paul. You're right. It's Pete. Pete. It's Pete. Pete. And he's like, "No, you're too heavy. Let me go." I mean, no, they're probably the same. I think he was just trying to. No, but then, but then Pete's like, "Well, come on." This is a young man's game. Right? And you're not young. constantly <laughs> trying to convince me that this guy is older and fatter than he is. I'm like, you know what? He's fine. He is being lowered two stories down a building. Yeah. So, And why couldn't he slide down that wet cable any faster? I'm well, kind of with Siege on this one. Hustle your ass down to the <laughs> ground, all right? We're being well, fucking haunted. <laughs> We're trapped in a house. I don't have a fucking decent contractor or a licensed electrician anywhere in sight. Hustle your ass down this wet cable and save our fucking lives. That is when Pete is trying to, when, once they are, what know they are doomed, which we are leaping ahead yeah. in the movie. Yeah, but we're leaping ahead because Pete trust fucked me, us. But the fact it's is. nothing but a bunch of vignettes where in the end they all end up sitting around the fireplace talking about it anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. They, they often return to the fireplace. Yeah. They yeah. handle death very well in this movie. Yeah, as as well, more people pass away, they're like, well, back to the fire. They adjusted. I guess that guy's gone. So what do we do now? They adjusted very quickly. Uh, that is not played by uh, Andrew Prime, but and. Uh, so, and Andrew Prine's girlfriend, Mary Louise Weller, she was in the red sweater. Essentially, the titty count. Because oh she's, God. like, the one not wearing a bra. But it's not... I want to just go out on a limb here and applaud her efforts for restoring an old house braless. Yeah. My yeah. God. What a bold I... move. What a real power play. Just to be, to, like, to all the other ladies, like, <laughs> hey, put on your goggles your welding masks your thick gloves i'm not even putting a bra over these titties my <laughs> god the titties on that lady am i right this was a big year for mary louise weller she not only starred in this but later in the year uh she appeared in animal house oh right. and she, she did on... show her titties hey, oh yeah thank so, god yes yeah. yes. i mean when you've got a rack like that just uh, out with it you, you know? certainly get a good sense of them underneath yeah. this red sweater. But in any case, there is a zero count. Right, Erica? Correct. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, so, But then no one knew. Some, the guy. <laughs> Thank you for checking, Ryan. Yeah, I, well, I wanted to check with you are the titty <laughs> you, count. You did one not miss any titty titties. Count. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're just wanted to make sure. Did I nod off during that scene? Honestly, I've watched this movie four times and I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nobody seemed to know what has happened to her, though IMDb says that as of 1986, she owned a three-acre spread in Malibu, so good on her. Hmm. Malibu, New Mexico. Different. <laughs> yeah, oh, different, different place. Different place. <laughs> Whatever happens in Malibu, New Mexico... It happens. Great. It just happens. It's cool. It's not a big deal. It's We're mostly retirees and, you know, out-of-work actors. Um, Lynn Moody, uh, she does some dynamic work in this movie, I think, in terms of stunt play. Uh, this poor woman gets, at one point, dragged around, apparently by a spirit. Uh, obviously a lot of wire work, because you can see a lot of the wires that <laughs> supposedly you can't see. Uh, she really does all these falls herself, falls all over the room. But anyway, Lynn Moody was, um, from Roots, uh, and she's, like, continued to work forever, but mostly in TV, 
And then we got Cassie Yates, who is the woman with the dog. And she went on to star in a couple of Sam Peckinpah movies, Convoy, Osterman Weekend. Again, uh, the being dragged around thing, that was also in Poltergeist 1. Just saying, there's a lot that it, you can look at the right. Poltergeist series. There is a say, lot. From there's a lot. There's a lot that Poltergeist pulled from this one. They must have been like, you know what? No one saw the evil, so nobody can fucking tell us that we stole it. Exactly. Which, uh, is uh, this movie was made as a very low budget movie? It's made for no. seven hundred thousand dollars, and the wow. producer doesn't uh, show. Doesn't the, show. Uh, Gus Triconis says that the producer said that they could all they would only get. 125,000 feet of film and no more. So they did almost no second takes over this 30-day schedule they had to make this movie. Once they uh <laughs> and once they have this cast assembled, they uh they go about I guess trying to fix up uh this place and they, I just they don't even try. They walk around. Yeah. They sit I, by a fire, they get electrocuted. Yep. There's no actual construction that takes because that, that 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 skylight that those boards that fell, they never get patched up. Never, never, never. never. That's a that, that's a broken ankle waiting to happen up there because nothing's being done. Immediately, uh, well, the dog senses somebody and then goes off, and then he he goes downstairs. Richard Crenna finds the trap door, sees it's underneath a lot of sand, finds the the cross. The iron wrought cross that is keeping the doors from unopening. It pulls it out, opens the door, and unleashes the evil spirit. Right. right. Yep. And that's and immediately when, everything in every door, every window, everything in the in the house is shut. And this is where they are. They start to realize there's no way to get out. So now they're trying to figure out not only. Are they like, what is going on? But how do I get out of this place? And it, and it makes it kind of tough to sympathize because you were told a ton of terrible stories about this place. Like, I mean, you were warned. And literally later in the movie, when they confront the actual spirit that is tormenting them, he was like, you ignored all the signs. And I'm like, I am on your side. You are correct. You def you ignored everything. You were so responsible for everybody's death. You mean old beardy Phil Collins? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, that actor is Victor Buono, who is third build in this because he was um, much like Richard Crenna and Joanna Pettit. They were um, they were cast by the producers, and for some reason, Gus Triconis was like, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really done a whole lot, so I just kind of said whatever. But this is like his fourth movie or something. Um, so I don't know why he... I don't know why he felt he couldn't put his foot down or whatever, but he basically went with whatever the director, the, the producers apparently wanted. He said they were decided... Krenna and Pettit were decided on by the money people. And then he said yeah. that Victor Buena was cast because he was a name... He's not a name that I know very well, but that's he passed on about four years later. <clears throat> but he was having a comedy career. He was uh, he had several comedy albums, and he played King Tut in the Batman TV series. And he's also nominated for Academy Award for Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Here's the fun fact about him: he was born in San Diego and got a start at the Globe Repertory Players. Mm. Oh, so that's wow. how he got his acting career going. 
Um, but he ends up playing the spirit, which we meet at the end. Essentially the devil, maybe? I don't know. Maybe He's the evil, right? Right. And, and the evil is apparently hanging out in a white room in a white suit, which, by the way, the, the director said cost $1,000 to custom make. And the producers... <laughs> Oh. And the producers were outraged oh. at the cost. And they couldn't even get the lamp to work <laughs> in old Milty's hotel room. And they spent, I see why he called his agent then. They're just throwing money at they, suits. They put him in the shitty lamp motel. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and they, yeah, and they were pretty upset about it. And funny enough, Triconis's wife, his second wife, I imagine, after Goldie Hawn, uh, Barbara Andrews, she worked in the wardrobe department for this movie, so that's why he's so familiar with all the goings on with the suit. I think that's a two hundred fifty dollars suit, and they pocketed the extra cash, and we're like, "I don't know, it's a thousand dollars suit." We went out to dinner, you know, in Las Vegas, no, uh, New Mexico, New Mexico. <laughs> no, I, that's so why we're talking up, about it because we so can talk about whatever happens in Las Vegas, New Mexico. We're allowed to talk about it. Yeah. So they're upset about a $1,000 suit, and they're not upset about the severe tonal shift that happens when you meet the spirit, where it becomes like they stepped onto the set of Heaven Can Wait. And (laughs) (laughs) what just happened? Like, uh, you know, he's sitting in a white chair. He's got a white suit. It's all white around Ricky Crenna. I felt uh, like he had walked into a high school production of The the Evil. (laughs) <laughs> no like it we does just, we just crank the lights we drop yeah. some like white sheets yeah. you know now this is of I, course after we have lost a good majority of the cast mostly to electrocution yeah. I have to say like almost, almost entirely to electrocution and or dog attack <laughs> this movie's rated R okay I looked up the parents guide on IMDb a woman is stripped by an unseen force down to her underwear. No sex. No nudity. Uh, two men are burned with fire. Okay, well, that happens. Okay. One man is electrocuted by live wiring. Uh, many are hurled, thrown, dragged, and otherwise moved around by an unforeseen force. A man using a rotary saw. Now, this is the worst. For sure. Almost cuts his hand off. Now, this is, this is rated R. Two years later, in 1980, Airplane came out. This movie is rated PG. Thought I'd look up a couple of those parental guides. There's a brief second of nude female breasts. A character (laughs) tells a man she remembers how she used to sit on his face and wiggle. A character reads a magazine called Modern Sperm. (laughs) And, And a man sniffs glue. And this, this was a PG movie. I wrong week. Quit sniffing blue. I need to uh, watch, uh, read more of these parental guides on IMDb yeah. is what I'm learning. Clearly. Here. So the, every horror scene comes to a tense climactic moment. Cut to commercial. You come back and it's like Murder, She Wrote. We're back to the fire going, I don't know what to do. Man, that was that was terrible what happened. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. How, your friend got electrocuted outside in the rain and you go back to the fire like, 
Whew. Now what? <laughs> yeah, it did seem like it needed commercial breaks, uh, as if it, it built to moments where we all needed a break. <clears throat> but they actually made this movie uh, in advance. They they got the money for it, and then they took it to New World. So this was not a movie that New World uh, like financed initially. One of the producers, Ed Carlin, had a relationship with Corman. He was a consultant. Like a sexual relationship? Like uh, they were... Buddies. You know what? I don't want to say no because I don't know. Um, maybe that's a maybe. That's a maybe. We'll find out. Who? Guess hopefully, we'll just have to open that you know door into the house to find out. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> slip the cross out, open the trap slip door, slip it out, open it up, see what spirits come first, out. First, check your cadence for dogs. <laughs> then slip check the live wire. Flip the see door. if the iguana's under the fridge. Right. Uh, Make sure that you have those plugs with the little like reset safety thing on it. Yeah. Turn you know, off power to the house, perhaps. Just, <laughs> just an idea. Out of an abundance of caution. No, he he had a relationship with Corman, and I think probably it goes to the fact that he was a he was a producer's consultant on the Brood, so that might have been where they first crossed paths. He would eventually go on. Ed Carlin would eventually go on to produce Battle Beyond the Stars. This movie does not actually have that theme song because it was not quite written yet. But uh, I sure, I'm sure if Corman had that that music at the time, you would have found a moment to put it in the evil. Anyway, after they finished the movie, they took it to Corman, and the reason that that, that uh, Gus Triconis says they they that this movie did not get as good a shake uh, in distribution was because there was another thriller coming out starring Cold. Michael Douglas. And I had I was like, which what would that have been? And I believe that he's talking about coma. Boner? Coma boner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Michael Douglas stole the name from my band? <laughs> oh God, he gets everything. Tonight, oh. coma boner, opening band, pit dick. Damn you, Michael Douglas. That's a lot of callbacks for uh, frequent listeners. Um, yeah, this was a Michael Crichton movie in 1978 uh, with with uh, that uh, that starred, uh, obviously, Michael Douglas. But it came out like months before. So I'm not sure how I, maybe they missed the January date they were going to get and they had to get pushed to March. I'm, I'm not sure. Also, an entirely different movie. Coma is yeah. an entirely different movie. I guess just from the fact that they were a thriller, I don't really know. I like saying, we, we had to hold on the evil because Airplane was coming out. <laughs> Eventually in a couple <laughs> of years. The parental guidance was going to... Well, once we got into the 80s, parental guidance just really flew out the window, didn't it? I mean, the airplane's just one example, but but in the 1980s were a different time. Uh, can we go to things we love, things we hated? You bet. God, hey, let's... on your podcast, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Wait, oh, I just have to start a podcast, and then I can do whatever I want? Yep. Uh, on right. the podcast, that's things, it. Things we loved, Mark. Uh, things I loved. Um... I have to say, it's really hard to find anything I loved. Uh, I will say that I did, I found the end, which we've already kind of 
pointed out. It doesn't make any sense. It's a total tonal shift. Um, visually, it looks entirely different. They're in a giant been, white room. You, yeah, you, you've been for an, an hour being, uh, you know, terrorized by this evil spirit. And it's just like this dude sitting in a white room in a white suit. And he admits right at the begin, right from the start that he has been feeding on their fear. And that's what he lives for. Why would you give that away? Why would you say, uh, you know, immediately like, oh, by the way, if you weren't scared of me, then I have no power and then I'll go away. That's like me saying that, like, uh, like if I said that I was an evil spirit, but I like I feed on carne asada burritos, I wouldn't tell that to Los Dos Pedros because I would expect them to be like, don't give him carne asada burritos. <laughs> I would hold that in and be like, I'll take two. Thank you. And be very polite about it. Which would also be a tonal shift from being a, being the devil. So I love how you equate a devil with Mexican food. I, that's your. I always love that. That's your touchstone. But you oh. know, you got to remember that this devil has not seen a lot of people in a long time. And while we, I don't exactly know how the devil notes time. Uh, I got to think he just hasn't really seen people in a while. He hasn't been able. He's not. Uh, he's not used to social interactions. So when when the cross was pulled off the door, was he in the back like talking to his his assistant, being like, "What are people wearing these days? Is this good? Does this look? Good? Well, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't talked to people right? in fucking hundreds of years. Help me out here. How is this? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Enjoy bright white rooms. Bright white empty rooms with nowhere to sit. Is disco still in? I I have no idea. Uh, uh, You're also talking about a guy who you think looks like a very large Phil Collins. (laughs) No, an older bearded Phil Collins. Long bearded Phil Collins. uh, Who apparently has, he does have an assistant, that poor suffering assistant. He gets no his ho- his hotel room has no lights. Yeah. No lights. Not a single one. Oh man. Oh, so the things you loved uh quickly turned into things you hated, Mark. So <laughs> Erica, things you loved. Oh, thanks for asking, Ryan. Um I I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I went in thinking I was going to hate this movie. For all intents and purposes, I was geared up. I was amped. I was ready to hate it. Um, and as just to, just to to peek a little peek behind the curtain, I actually forced Erica to watch this movie. Yeah. Because I said, we have to record tomorrow night, and you have to watch it now. And I had not seen it. And, and I was watched a furious. few other shows. Yeah. Till I said, okay, let me put this on because we need to watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was putting it off. (laughs) Now, I don't know. The only, to date, the only New World pictures that I have seen prior to this podcast were Heather's and Creepshow. So what this movie did for me, and maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome, I don't know. (laughs) But I, this movie for me was a real turning point. This was really my moment where I watched this movie and I was like, I get it. This is why people love New World. Because it is a true mixed 
bag. You do not know what you are going to get. You could get something great. You could get something awful. You could get something so awful it's great and so great that it's awful. It's truly a roll of the dice. And this movie is absolutely that. For all intents and purposes, it should have been really good. And it isn't. No, it's not. It's not scary. Mm -mm. It's not funny. It's not, it's just New World. And I really had a, yeah. I really yeah, had a real moment after I finished this that I was like, wow, wow. There you is know? that line between good and bad, and that line is often New World. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. So, in fact, you said to me earlier tonight, or earlier before this evening, we're recording this at night. <laughs> um, also, thanks for getting so literal about being before this evening. That's yeah. so weird to be like, oh, tonight? Yes. Really? Prove right. it. Yeah. What time? Guys, if you want to know, it was set at dusk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you said you would watch this movie again. I would. I would. Uh, also because I think a lot of things I missed because I was hysterically laughing at yes, how bad it was. There is a lot of good and stuff to laugh And I did a little bit of talk-throughs. Sure. Where I had a lot of talk, talking over parts of it, talking it out, we'll making call comments. And response we'll happen, call and response yeah. to Ryan until he left and then to myself. And not to, not to uh, well, just to prompt you, there was also something that I know you loved, which happened to be Joanna Pettit's outfits. Oh, God. So, first of all, Joanna, if you're listening. She is, for sure. I loved yeah, everything about your performance. I think you're gorgeous. And I just loved your outfits in this. Oh, my God. You wanted that one outfit. I think The, the high-waisted one. velvet bell-bottoms with the mm. shirt tucked in, mm. the jacket and the scarf. Oh, then the high-waisted bell-bottom jeans. Just, oh, just truly what a doctor would wear when they're restoring <laughs> their new old home, you know? And Loved not only, not only uh, Joanna Pettit, but Andrew Prine had those amazing high-waisted jeans. Oh, my God, with the with buttons. With the studded, the yes. studded, like, uh, the studded jeans. They had, like, yeah. studded lines. It looked like marching like, band pants. Instead of, like, you couldn't really have pockets there. But, yeah, yeah they, yeah. And at they one were, point when they're around they were, the fire, so you do the math on what, you know, around the fire version this is. Yeah, it's, just a real nut shot. So go back and rewatch if you want a real definition on the old Nards. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There was no titty count in this movie, but there was a yeah. Find there it. was a Nard notice. Find it and take a so, picture of it and send it to us. Yeah, at our uh, there was a Nard Twitter nod, account. a Nard yeah. nod. So those are things I loved. All right, Ryan, uh, things you loved. Mark, dare I ask what you hated? Or I guess I'll are say you? what I love. What I loved. I will say I loved. Uh, I love the chopping the hand scene just because it mm. felt like something was happening. And Andrew Prine gives this really amazing look that makes it look almost as if he's possessed. Yeah, I thought he was possessed during that too. Like, But he's not. And then he just falls. And then they say he's going to have to cut off his arm, but apparently that it doesn't matter. Cause, no, because they go by the fire and then everything's Yeah, fine. it's fine. Um, but it, there is a scene where they are legitimately possessed, where none of them actually look possessed. They all just look like they're standing around the table, rather bored. Well, Siege, so, Siege's eyebrows are a little. Well, we get that. Yes, we get yeah. we get Richard Crenna's eyebrows get accentuated. Yeah, to look like the devil that we are soon to meet, but yeah. had not yet at that point. 
Um, and also at the end, I actually love the fact that they just like get out and then just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like we're free. Let's They're go like, get oh. something to eat. And they just get right in their car, which is unlocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably go to Los Tez Pedros and get those, yeah. you know, the burritos. I love to think about their conversation at lunch. Like, woof, what oh. a night. God, I can't believe we lost all of our friends. We lost all of our friends. I am exhausted. And a dog. Oh, what? Well, do I don't think, think that property is going to work out. We need to look for another get, building to build our rehab hospital. Do you think we could get some more volunteers to come in and fix the place up? I mean... I think so. I think we could ask around because here in Las Vegas, New Mexico, the things that happen, we can all talk about. Yeah. I mean, we did seal up evil again. So I think it's fine. Just push a little <laughs> dust over it. It's fine. Uh, those are the things maybe I loved. Um, uh, what about things we hated? Mark, I think you might have covered it, but is there anything you didn't cover? Sure, I'll cover uh, one of the things that I hated. Uh, the scene that Erica brought up when they're lowering, lowering Peter Paul. Uh, yeah. uh, right. Uh, look, he, they're lowering him. There's a, the, a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. He's, they're on the third floor. He's down to the second floor. And they're trying to lower him as fast as they can, but the lightning's coming. Let go of the fucking rope. Yeah, let go. Down. Or just loosen just, your hands. Up. Why? Listen, you're two stories up. Two stories is approximately 20 feet with 10 Here foot. Here we go. Oh. 10 foot stories. So your fall is going to be about 1.2 seconds. Now, if you landed on your head, meaning that he did like a backflip from the rope and did, landed on his head, he could have died. Given that, uh, like, uh, the shorter the impact, the greater the force, your head is still going to distribute quite a bit of that force, but your spine, which is small, is probably going to take the brunt of it. So he probably wouldn't die, but he would be paralyzed. So either way, you're going to live, but you're not going to help out anybody. Had he not done that, he would have just let go, and if you fall... Uh, you might break an ankle because of lack, lack of distribution of the impact if you landed like straight on your heel or something like that. Uh, you might break a leg, but very likely you're just going to walk away sore because if you if you let go from two stories, relax your muscles, bend your knees a little bit, and plan on hitting the ground with your feet at sort of a bent angle, knowing that you're going to roll backwards or forwards depending on where your positioning is of your body, you're going to very likely be entirely fine. Because the reality is, statistically, four stories is the cutoff point where people die from a fall. And also, you don't die from the fall, you die from impact. <laughs> wow. So the, the, the fact, yes, 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 very, very appropriate. So the point is, just slide down the rope and see what happens. Yes. Yeah. Likely. Just, even if you break an ankle. Go to the car that's unlocked that has the keys in it. Right. Especially when you know the the other alternative is electrocution. I would also have to say that scene is something I didn't really care for, is that it's supposed to be where he's getting blown by the wind, and they add a lot of, like, wind sounds, but he's barely moving from side to side as they ha- they shoot an angle from the ground up at him Remember, on Remember, he's really skinny. Yeah, so I guess he's, but the, it's supposed to be like he's like, whoa, whoa, but that that does not like they didn't do anything to try to make that happen. One take, you only get <laughs> right. one take. They did not have. They had no. They had no more film to shoot other things. Yeah. Um, Erica, 
Erica. Things you hated. Things I hated. Yikes. Did I hate anything? I should have. I should have hated a lot of things. Is this your like favorite movie? Your no. favorite movie? Uh, no, is it this, is not. Is this no. joining the leagues of Heathers and no. Love Letters? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. It's at best a third. A fourth. A fourth. Okay. A fourth. So there's a third. I'm forgetting as Creep Show. Oh, okay. Well, Creep Show, Heathers, we Love Letters. We watched Creep Show too. So yeah. Creep-, Creep Show two, Love Letters, Heathers. Got it. Then the evil. Um, if I hated anything, uh, I think the only thing I would have hated was everything about the demon. Mm. The demon mm. looked straight out of a high school production. You know, fuzzy eyebrows, terrible makeup, just he looked hilarious. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is what we're all afraid of. I mean, you know, all of it looked a little cheesy. The one thing I did like, the one thing going back to something I in in what I hated, dipping back into what I loved, I did like the kind of screaming effect that they added to the wind, like the like, Mm. you know, that was like mixed in with the wind that was kind of like a howl i did like that um but i hated how much they used it like so much to the point where i was like okay howly wind we get it enough yeah that's what i hated ryan Hmm. oh uh thank you erica thank you for asking i uh i hated how many electrocutions were in this movie it was real many so many reminder that you know uh, Home renovation is dangerous. I hated like I, to a de- to a degree. I think this movie does try to justify this a little bit, but like there, Richard Crenna admits to just not being a man of religion, of believing in pure science. <clears throat> but at one point, even Andrew Prine calls him out for how do we solve things: exploration and imagination. And he simply will not believe his wife, Joanna Pettit, that... Who is a doctor? Who's a doctor and real pretty. So just listen to her, Gorgeous. I know. Shut up and listen to your gorgeous doctor Prettier prettier than you probably should get there, Richard. Richard Absolutely. So uh, you're you're shooting above your weight here. So, so, or punching. That's the thing. Or shooting. Punching and shooting above your weight. Shooting and punching and kicking Uh, and swimming above your weight and blowing bubbles above your weight and making some breakfast above your weight and flipping off your (laughs) mind. I just wanted to see where that was going to go. I started to crack myself up. Um, but anyway, he wasn't, won't listen to her and won't believe that anything is going wrong. And there's just so much evidence. And it's not one of those things where you're like watching a movie and you're going, come on, man. Because obviously we all know there's an evil spirit. Okay, yeah. right? So that's fine. Yeah, because we he doesn't. Are, for know, about half the movie, he allowed, doesn't. We trust dogs. The character's allowed to have like, you know, a chance to kind of catch up to where we are and all that. He just won't buy it at all. And he is a man of science. He's supposed to be this brilliant I, I psychologist or something because he's he, he helps people rehab. I, I just don't understand why he so stubbornly uh, doesn't listen to anyone. It makes that part of it kind of frustrating because you're like, you just want to enjoy the movie that's, you know, like watching the house or the evil spirit kill all these people and all that. And like it's he keeps refuting it anyway it's just like one of those things where you're like 
this movie's kind of bad and then he just won't listen and you're like well you all deserve this uh, unfortunately everyone else dies but him and his wife but uh uh you kind of deserve this you were told terrible stories before you got into the house you were told this this it, boards fell in your head you were told terrible stories there's no reason you should be in this house and yet you're here and you won't believe your wife that there's something in the house uh, because that's the, that's what happens when you get a good deal. <laughs> You're blinded. You're blinded by the savings. That's true. Um, savings can blind you. How and, can we afford to save so much? Yeah. And the movie is 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 very just poorly set up. I, I had to watch it the, that opening like scene so many times. I just that was very frustrating. I was actually fine with that. It really left it up to your imagination. Like why are <laughs> why they do they all want house? this house? Who Maybe are they're planning people? a big party. What are they doing? All right. Um, Pairings? Uh, no. When I, we're, 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 let me just do the research corner real fast. I feel like we're on like hour three of this. We are. It feels this. <laughs> I feel like I thought this was going to be a short episode, and it is not. Shit. Uh, <laughs> How long have we been recording for? You can edit this out. An hour, I think. An hour already. Well, we didn't start right away, but yeah. An hour and seven minutes. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God. So let me just, why don't we just go through the research corner really fast. With why don't favorite we do pairings scenes. and then research? Because that's how you did it last time. You did pairings, then Ryan's research. No, uh, research and then went into pairings. Yeah. Okay, you got to do a song for research, Erica. Oh, okay. You have great songs. So let's let's dive into the research corner real quick. <laughs> Spooky evil research corner. So, <laughs> thank you, Erica. <laughs> Real quick, um, I just wanted to point out some of the uh, reviews. Don't get electrocuted when you point them out. Variety felt that this work, this movie kind of worked. Uh, Krenna and Pettit confront the devil himself, played with sinister angelicism by Victor Buono. A silly idea, maybe, but Triconis and Buono make it click. Click. Not, I'm not, click. Don't know about that variety. I disagree. But the click. Los Angeles Times and Cinefantastique were of a different mindset. Surrealism doesn't fuse well with exploitation, and Victor Buono has a lame role as evil incarnate. Kind of agree with that, said, yeah. the, said the former. Or an amazing role. Nope. Oh, I, I, amazing. No. Uh, but apparently uh, Corman uh, uh, agreed with some of the bad reviews because he there are some prints of the evil where he actually edits out that scene. Uh, with uh, Victor Buono. So in the end, they just get in the car and they leave? <laughs> I I guess so. The sun comes up. They're like, uh, let's go. I, I was starving. <laughs> I, was... I, could, I, I could do a machaca burrito now this morning. <laughs> let's go. But what I wanted to talk about uh, in the research corner for reals, though, was uh, the... Uh, was about the some of the effects. Because the effects in the movie that were not done in camera are all awful. But some of the effects How done, do you? Well, I talking, thought they were great. I'm talking about the fog uh, uh that's in like when they when they when they go down But for the time into the sub basement. That's all like you know put in later. The fog looks really bad and terrible. And but like But for the time when Lynn Moody gets like uh electrocuted 
uh, it just lo- it's all it looks, looks like awful. Paris. It looks but, like the Eiffel Tower twinkling at night. It's gorgeous. <laughs> That's the deaths were beautiful. You missed the uh, whole point of this movie. Oh God! So all the ghosts in particular were done in camera. And this was done using a technique called Pepper's Ghost, named after the scientist who invented it, John Henry Pepper, which is like back in the 1800s. And the cinematographer, Mario uh, DeLeo, he tried to explain it in the commentary. When um, Joanna Pennett sees those, sees that spirit uh, when they're touring the house in the very beginning, very hard to understand. So I went in to look up like what this is all about. He did not mention it's called Pepper's Ghost. But basically what's happening is that they have the camera locked off and they are looking at the doorway. What you can do is you can put a piece of glass or even a piece of plexiglass at a 45 degree angle to the camera. And what happens is that you then light. So what he did is he lit the person who's playing the ghost in this case, I believe I I don't know. He didn't say so, but I believe it was, it probably wasn't. Uh, I thought it was Donald uh, Thompson, but Donald Thompson then says he, he watched all this setup. Uh, and that it took like several hours for him to light this up. So they light him. They light him up to be this illuminated spirit. And what happens is that because the glass is at this 45 degree angle, it reflects. So it's reflecting onto the glass. Now, the camera can't see the glass. So it's just looking through, but it's seeing the reflection on the glass. So you're creating this sort of ghost effect that's on the plexiglass. Or And what he had is that he had an assistant, the assistant cameraman, sort of move and manipulate the plexiglass so that it would bend the image so that it would lose its definition. Hmm. Uh, And so this is also used in holographic stage performances where the projector above the stage projecting an image onto a reflective panel on the stage. Perhaps you have seen such a thing like at Disney's Haunted House. Oh, yeah. So that's oh, yeah. where they do the exact. That's the exact cool. same thing. So that's how Pepper's that's awesome. Ghost is used. That's the wow. research corner, guys. So let's dive into um, pairings, mm. and we'll end with our favorite scene. Pairings. I had a hard time with this because I was just trying to think of something to go with it, and because I had, we have not seen anything from Gus Triconis uh before and i had heard that he like had a, a decent relationship with new world but he had he doesn't have any other new world movies he did direct take this job and shove it speaking oh. of airplane yep yeah and yeah, that is about one of the last movies that he directs he eventually goes on to direct a lot of tv he's directed a ton of television so i thought maybe i'll watch take this job and shove it it is nowhere to be found i couldn't find it Um, you can't even rent it on like prime or anything. So I, I could not find it. So, um, so I said, well, we have to go, I'm just going to have to go the other way. And so I started thinking about, um, haunted house movies. And I started thinking of ones that take place. Obviously most of the times they take place in a single environment, but, uh, I started thinking about what about one that just takes place in a room? Because part of this movie mm. is the fact that it takes place in this, they got the environment, they got the yeah. location. So, uh, of course I'm, I'm going to talk about 1408. Ooh, um, that's a good one. Which that's is, a good one. uh, in a 2007 movie, uh, which, you know, I don't it was pretty popular at the time, but I, I don't know how much it's been making the rounds. It's got John Cusack, Samuel L. Mm-hmm. Jackson, John Cusack. 
is a writer who's very mm-hmm. skeptical of the paranormal, and he goes yep. into this very haunted room. Stays in it. Uh, it's based on a, like a Stephen King, uh, yep. I believe, a short story, and uh, directed by Michael Hafstrom. And a super good movie. And actually, I think, as terms of a pairing, it would be a good pairing because I think John Cusack puts together like an incredible performance because the majority of the movie is just him alone in this room. And while there are certain spirits and certain, uh, you know, flashbacks that he has inside the room and whatnot, largely it's him just in the room by himself. And he puts together a, a, a really incredible performance. And so really, I... I well, thought it would be kind of an does. interesting he's a Q-sack for Christ's sakes yeah. they don't half ass it they whole ass it you know <laughs> kind of I mean I don't know if this is the movie that sort of improves on what the evil was attempting to do you sort nothing of, but, can improve on the uh, evil but uh that that was something I thought I thought a good pairing yeah. uh 1408 Erica oh thank you um I mean I would pair it obviously with money pit <laughs> Of course. Yeah. It also uh, takes place in a decrepit old house yes. that people, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, jump into buying on a whim, on a whim. Whim. It also stars Tom Hanks. Ta- stars Tom Hanks and Shelley Long, who is also gorgeous, who could also easily play a doctor and probably looks amazing in high-waisted velvet bell bottoms. And, you know, it follows a couple who also doesn't hire a licensed contractor. No, they do not. They hire a ragtag group to fix up their house. I think it'd be a perfect pairing. That would be a good... That's actually a really good pairing. I like that a lot. Thank you. All right, Mark. Um, you know, this has been a great segment, and everybody's really enjoyed this new segment. We've had it for several weeks. I feel like Mark's had a tough time figuring out what we're going to do, but I I feel confident that this is the week Mark's going to figure this out. So, you Mark... got this, Mark. Mark. Pairing a movie to pair with the evil. I know you got this. Let's do this. So in this movie, you had a German Shepherd as the dog that was saw the spirits early. That nice, nice. Cujo, maybe. Okay, um, cool. This is good. So I would say a uh, Belgian Malinois is a nice pairing for a German Shepherd. It's similar in, st- oh, in style. It's it's it resembles a German Shepherd in many ways. Um, it's also it's a short haired no, dog. No, um, no, Mark. It Mark also comes from a herding family. A You're supposed to come up with a movie. Well, no, you can put you, if you were to shoot the evil again, and you didn't use uh, a lizard, you could use a Belgian Malinois <laughs> instead of a German Shepherd, right. and then so Mark, you would just, have like a little bit, just slightly different. We're good. This You're is this is also right. no, no. You're, you're totally right. You're right. An iguana okay. is the best way. Okay, just forget animal. it. All right, we're, that's we'll, we'll, that's pairings. We'll we'll try to this again next week. I think I, we're going to talk to Mark after this, see if we can get this right. But in any case, let's go to our favorite scene before we close out. Our favorite scene from The Evil. Mark? When they get in the car and they leave. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's over. Uh, Erica? Um, when... Uh... When the one guy whose name I'm now forgetting, the one character, uh, Professor Raymond Guy, he was like the sex pot pr- yes. prof, yeah. right? Andrew okay. Prine, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 Andrew Prine. Oh yeah, Andrew Prine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like now I suddenly know. Um, I love when he's like, "I'm free, I'm free, I'm free," and he gets out. Yeah, and then he immediately, uh, you know 
sinks gets, into the ground. Sinks into the ground. I thought that was actually awesome because it, for one, was not an electrocution. For once. For yeah. once. And you thought like, oh, maybe he's going to get away. And is this one we're going to see? Like, is his character such that he won't go back to help anybody? He'll just save himself and run away. Will he go get help? Like, what's he going to do? And then, boom. And he fell into a pit. What did they use for that that mixture of what looked like grass and dirt? Oatmeal. Oatmeal. Yeah. Was it oatmeal? That's what oh, I totally guess that. I completely yeah. get that. Absolutely what they use. That's what wow. they said in the commentary. They used oatmeal to, uh, that's what he fed. That's what he was falling. I love that. That was easily my, my they favorite. They just dug scene. out a big hole Very and unexpected. put a bunch of oatmeal in it. Yeah. Very unexpected. I totally thought he was just going to run away and save himself. That's really what I thought. All right. So I have to pick a favorite scene and I, oh, I'm desperately, I, you know what? I'm going to say the end too, only because. Brothers, because brothers agree on things. <laughs> brothers, brothers of endings, and brothers no, don't like you know to agree with Erica. We'll get back to it. I'm going to say uh, Lynn Moody, big shout out to her flailing about in a room where she's tied by two wires on either end of the room, and they're pushing and pulling her, and she's legitimately mm. falling all over the room. Like, you got to think about, like, that's that's some dedication. Like. Yeah. Like, you couldn't even do that scene now because she's... And in her bra and panties. So she has on yes, no padding. Yes. No no, no padding. Like, she's just fall. Like, there's a couple... Just, yeah. They, they show a, a good fall where she falls, they like, beat her up. on her side. Yeah. And I'm like, that. I guarantee she's bruised up to hell after that scene. If anything in this movie is scary, it is probably that scene. Yeah. When she you does, just yeah. see nothing Granted, you see around. the wires, but at the same time, <laughs> she is like see trying to like... see the wires. It's supposed to be a scene where she's being pushed around by the spirit, and she falls all over the place and hurts herself. I guarantee yeah. she hurt herself for real in that scene. Yeah. They don't mention that, though they, they do make a quip like, is she doing her own stunts? Ha ha ha. Because there's no way she couldn't be, because it's one shot. But yeah. uh, I'll say to that, though I will say... To go back to the ending scene, the reason why it's a good ending scene is because as they are driving away or as they look up to the house, you see the spirit in the window just lazily lifting his arm, his limp hand (laughs) up to the window and to wave. I don't know what he's doing. It's just like a limp hand. that. Why is he so weak? It's so weird. What is, what is, is he waving goodbye? Is he spirit? Like, why is this so weird? What are you doing? Why is it so hard for you to move? Why are you so slow? What? Like you're a spirit. Why are you such a fucking douche, dude? (laughs) Let's talk (laughs) about it. It's Las Vegas, New Mexico. We can talk about it. Thank you. I'm furious (laughs) about how inflexible this spirit is. Oh yeah. You're a spirit. The gyms here have been closed for a while. Imagine in the netherworld. They've been closed a long time. A long time. But you're a spirit. You're nothing. You're just like a hologram of yourself. You're still going to have some sense of math. What? No pain. That's on you. That's on you, spirits. Like, you know, do some push-ups. Do, do, like, make your own calisthenic workout. Like, that's fat shame the spirit. Don't, you know... (laughs) We don't know his underlying conditions. The devil wasn't bothering to work out whatsoever. And he was fine. And he was able to control an entire house from the basement without even seeing it. And then died four years later after the movie <laughs> from a heart attack. Lesson right? learned. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right. 
Um, so that was the evil. Uh, I hope you were appropriately spooked out by this terrifying 1978 movie. Uh, and that's it for us on this episode of the New World Podcast. We're going to see you for a very exciting episode. In our next episode, we are going to have our very first guest ever. That's exciting. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Check us out um, and rate and review us, please. That would help us out. Uh, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you find your podcast, but mainly those three. And then look us up. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook, if you're still on that old thing, and Twitter. We're and on look, MySpace. We're on MySpace. <laughs> we're on we AOL. We're in AOL chat room. We've got our own AOL chat room. We actually do have a Facebook group you can join. So if you're still on Facebook, or if you're ready to dust off your own your old Facebook page, uh, you can join our Facebook uh, group. And uh, we'll see you next time on the New World Podcast. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines.